Hey, Ultrasound listeners, would you like a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card? Fill out a feedback survey. More info at the end of this episode. Welcome to the latest episode of Ultrasounds, brought to you by OB-GYN Delivered. I'm Serena. And I'm Brittany. And we're your medical student hosts for today's episode. We're excited to announce the second part of our two-episode series on international medical student rotations. Today, we have some of our wonderful colleagues that we've met on our rotation in Kumasi, Ghana, Um, who are going to talk about their experiences in their respective countries and medical school experiences. So please welcome back Anam and Winnie from Ghana, Lovisa and Elise from Sweden, and Maria from Brazil. We're so glad to talk with you guys for part two. So Sabrina, why don't you get us started with our first topic? I think um, since we happen to have a large group of international female identifying medical students, we thought this might be an interesting opportunity to ask about what it's like being a female practitioner in your respective countries. So um, yeah, I think in this case, we'll we'll let you guys start off and then maybe we can talk about how we um, can relate to your experiences um, in the States. Over here, being a female in the health profession, okay, well, I think the biggest thing that I I felt like I noticed when I came to especially the clinical aspect of medicine is how underrepresented we are in um, certain specialties, certain areas. Um, I'm in fourth year, and my first rotation, clinical rotation, was surgery, and in the eight to ten weeks that I was in the ward, I can count on one hand the number of female surgeons I came across. And even that, they are not consultants. They are um, residents, yeah, residents, maybe specialists, highest. I, I don't think I came across a specialist, honestly. It was, it was two or three residents, female residents. And I think one pediatric surgeon, one pediatric surgeon, so I think for me, someone who, like, I was always interested in surgery, but um, when I look at how it looks, how the situation looks like, and I see how underrepresented, underrepresented it is, then I begin to ask questions that why is it so? And then you come, it comes down to, like, culture and things because the woman is expected to take care of her home and the kids. How is she going to have time to handle um, specializing and going into surgery, for example? So I think that, that's that's one interesting thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking for Ghana too. Well, one thing I realized is it's it's just um, you are never seen as a doctor on at first glance in Ghana as a female. You are always a nurse first before you clarify. It's 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 frustrating, but sometimes you understand where they are coming from because usually most nurses are females. They'll actually see a male nurse and call him doctor and call you Mm -hmm. a nurse. And it's so frustrating because I spent so many years in school and you're here calling me a nurse who spent relatively lesser years in school than me. And I also sharing what Enam said about the, we being underrepresented because 
For instance, let's take Ops and Gyni. In my entire Ops and Gyni rotation, I think I just met one specialist who is female. And when and I was do you doing, think like with Ops and Gyni that has to do with females? You get more you, you think with Ops and Gyni that where you have to do with more females, you get more female representation or more female doctors and things like that, but you don't. Yeah, that's something that we've noticed on our Ops and Gyni rotation as well here is that it's almost exclusively men running the department. And I think it comes from so many angles because it's a privilege to be in medical school as a female over here. Yeah, because they're always being... From childhood, when a girl is being smarter than a guy, they're already making you feel like it's rare for you to be smarter than a guy. So it starts with the culture here. And by the time you get into medical school and you are a female... Even though there's that respect for you because they assume you are very smart, which is true, it's also <laughs> comes with, <laughs> it, it also comes with a lot of they know they, they think you are fragile. They don't want to do things to hurt you, so they will want men to do why the don't bigger tasks. This specialty, why why don't you go this line so you have time for your family? Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> do surgery, but they wouldn't take you serious as a surgeon as compared to a male because they know the male is always going to be around. So most females, you find female Ghanaian surgeons outside the country because over there, they take them serious. And once they are done there, there's no way I'm coming to Ghana to come and be treated like lesser than a male just because of my gender. They will stay outside. So that's how, that's how it's, um, it's, it's being a female physician in Ghana. It has its ups and downs. The ups are you being respected as a female doctor. Like, when you go out, people see you as a female oh, doctor, yeah. and they're like, oh, then you must be really smart. Like, like when your friends are talking and you come around and you also talk, they're like, oh, please, just listen to her. She's very smart, and that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's also, like, even with your friend groups, there are some things they don't involve you in because they know you never have time and all those. It's, it's so many things, but... And, I think it's getting better as time goes yeah, on. It is, it is we are hoping that it gets way better by the time we are done getting... Because I, I remember um, initially, I think this was this was as of preclinical some years back. Um, I Generally, when somebody says they're going to see their doctor, what they're expecting to see is um, an old man with a pot belly, like a pot <laughs> belly, like with glasses resting on his nose, like... Fountain of all knowledge, everything to do. You you know that that's how it's kind of that that is the mindset or that's the thing that has been um, plastered or imprinted into like our minds. So right now, seeing female like even with the five or the ones I can count on my one hand is actually a huge improvement. I think over time, yeah. So that one day I have to give it to them. Yeah. It's really interesting that you guys talk about um, fe- being a female. In, interested in surgery because actually at University of Michigan the surgery clerkship director is a Ghanaian who is female. Wow. Dr. Gifty Kwache wow. who is truly the boss and I think that we have to be the boss. We have everything you but have over here your family is not even they're going to say and hey, you have to come and um, take care of the kids and they don't that, that support even though Africa is known for family support and everything like that. When it comes to you wanting to pursue your dreams as a female, that's when they throw it out the window. Because they are expecting you to take care of your kids. But 
I'm asking, there are people outside who have been able to do it. So how do they do it? Like you can do it, but I guess there are better systems outside for um, mothers who wants to be surgeons as well. Because over here, it's not that easy for the late hours and everything. And our system is more about improvising. It gets stressful. I I get I get them to a certain point because it gets stressful. And at the point, they are just like, let me just stop. And because there's medicine there, there's medicine there that I don't have to be doing late nights. Once I close for the day, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Most of the specialties that aren't as demanding. Yeah, there's radiology. There's so you find more females in these specialties like radiology, radiology ENT. ENT in fact sometimes you even hear some of our um, 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 residents or those are, um, those who are ahead of us and they'll come and they'll be like oh you can go into this you can go into that they're always mentioning certain specialties because it's more um, free it's more um, flexible. flexible for you as a woman then leave the tough yeah. ones to the guys yeah, yeah that sort of situation and just for our listeners the reason I say that woman is the boss is because in Ghana the way that people refer to their superior they'll say yes boss mm-hmm. and they'll say yes boss um, it's it's almost deferential it's a sign of respect and mm-hmm. it's a sign of seniority mm-hmm. and um, it's interesting because I think Brittany and I were discussing if any would anyone would ever call a female boss here. Have you ever heard a female? If she was, oh, yeah. if she was the boss, she was, yeah, and she boss. was the boss. She has to be called the, called the boss because, um, at this when, okay, as a, a female, as a female, to, if you ever get to that level, there's a certain respect that's to, attached to So you, right you know, now, for instance, if any of us decides to specialize in surgery and we get to the top. There's nobody who can. Not only do we get to the top, but you are really up there. There, like everyone knows you. You are good at what you do. You will be one of the very best because recently we had um, one of the first um, female neurosurgeon and female. Their pictures were all around on social media because it's rare for you to see them stay here and do it, but you'll find them outside doing it. It's rare for them to even do it here in Ghana. So yeah, that's it. If you are the boss, and I think the perks, it's an all or none situation. It's like little mice or things. We're all struggling to get the cheese, but once you finally get it, you're given all of it. Like, you get a whole cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you get all of it. You get the respect. People see and they're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. We all really want the cheese in life if yeah. we're thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to give it to Maria to talk about being a female physician in Brazil. Okay, um, I think being a physician in Brazil is a little different from in Ghana. For example, in my class, most of the students are females and it's been like this for a few years now like most of the people who apply for medical university who take the test is actually female so i think in brazil is actually being a field that is dominated not dominated i wouldn't say dominated but like um more female students than male students now um, but a few fields in the medical area, like orthopedics or surgery itself, it's full of men. And um, I feel like you have to be really, really tough to be a female and get into this program because you're going to be judged and you're going to be like, yeah, you should be home and you should be home with your kids. And But it, like it's not as much as here in Ghana, I think. It's like more something is a specific field, surgery and orthopedics and everything. 
but I, I think it's it's changing I have a lot of female friends that wants to go to pursue that area like orthopedics but I don't think it's as hard as in here, but we see a very sexist country that we're trying to move forward that. And I hope in a few years when we change the system, like mm -hmm. females really dominated the mm -hmm. health area, we'll be able to have more liberty to choose every every like um, aspect and the position and, and anything in, in the hospital. But yeah, I think that's it. Uh, well, I think when it comes to um, equality in Sweden, we've come a long way. Um, we still have uh, differences between uh, sexes uh, regarding salaries, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that we work on, and there's it's still not equal, but it's become better. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of work being done, like, as we speak, by mm -hmm. female practitioners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the subject uh, but I do think like in Sweden we have a bit of a problem now that we're kind of in between we like you kind of try to do both you try to be this physician who does like the the job that that someone who wouldn't have to take care of a fam family could do a few years ago or like a few decades ago you kind of try to aim for that mm -hmm. but you're still supposed to do the family part mm -hmm. but I think it's going towards the right direction I think so as well uh, I have met a lot of women struggling with that like juggling family life and the career because it's kind of what's expected of you uh, yeah. but I think I think we're moving towards like more equality in that aspect yeah um, but I think it's a really interesting discussion because you kind of get stuck a bit in between and you're kind of responsible for yourself in a way that you have to like pursue this this career like you have to you are the one responsible for not letting like the family come in between you and your career yeah and not letting like the structures that we have affect you and it can be like a double a double pressure mm -hmm. on women. Mm -hmm. um, it's like walking uphill against the wind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think many people find that quite stressful. Mm -hmm. um, and we do still have like a problem with sexism. And we do have a problem with like people viewing you differently when you're a woman. But it's very much like it's not out in the open. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so, so I think it's both. We have come a long way. way we still have a lot to work on. But we on still have still. a lot to work on. And it's, yeah, it's still a struggle for many, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and for some people, maybe not at all. And for others, a lot. And that's, that kind of makes it hard to talk about it as well, because like from from my perspective, I think I've been like quite lucky with my experiences, uh, but I know that there's also people who haven't. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had once actually not having nothing to do with like the family part of it or like uh, like getting your life together. But I had once I was 
with a f another female doctor for a week and we were seeing this patient every day and we were like yeah we were the rounds but like we were the doctors coming to her every day and then the end of the week we were like oh so how are you today <laughs> and she was like well i am fine but i'm so disappointed i've been here a week now and i haven't met the doctor once <laughs> and we were like well that's us <laughs> kind of all-female team from me the medical student all the way to the attending mm -hmm. we spent an hour talking with this patient telling them about their plan of care and then at the end the patient asked when the doctors were coming <laughs> because the patient thought we were all nurses in our long white coats <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I relate deeply to that <laughs> <laughs> yes because yeah, when you go to the ward and you pass by, they're always like, nurse, like they want you in our local dialects, they call you and ask you to help them with something. And you're like, oh, you're not a nurse, you're a medical student. You're like, oh, okay. So you have to then call the nurse for them. Sometimes you just ignore because it's honestly stressful always having to explain yourself that you're a, med you're a medical student or you're a doctor. To be fair, on like, okay as the person who's gonna come from the other side, I'm sorry. Um, to be fair, we mostly wear scrubs here. And unfortunately, you can't like, what has been imprinted in our minds since we're young is, man is doctor, woman is nurse. So all of us in our scrubs walking around, hello nurse, can you help me out? That sort of thing. So to be fair, like you, you really can't blame the no, patient. You, if, it's, they see, if they see a male in scrubs, they are not going to call him a nurse. Yeah, so they will see. Like, it, it, it yeah, even in the lab code, sometimes they could still call you a nurse. It's like I'm in a lab code. Like if you are saying all those who wear scrubs are nurses, what about okay? Now I'm in a lab code. So what's your excuse? You are still calling me a nurse just because I'm female. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it gets very stressful. And this is a case where people. Like you find two medical practitioners married, and yet still the man is advancing his, in his career, and yeah. the woman yeah. is probably just a medical officer, or most of them going to pediatrics because it's mm -hmm. more relating to children. But you never see them in pediatric surgery. I don't know why they don't want to go to the surgery part because that's long hours, and I don't know their families are not very understanding maybe. But yeah, I guess we should all aim to get understanding partners. Yeah. I know some, actually some female doctors in Sweden, for example, um, that are actually afraid that uh, becoming pregnant and having children will affect their career negatively, even though it's not supposed to be that way. And they try to uh, kind of plan their career ahead for when to become pregnant in order to minimize the impact of their future career, which I think is, is very sad. Um, and and it's, it's nothing that's supposed to happen, but it is happening. Uh, yeah. That's something that you said, like we actually, as us, as a medical students, have uh, ever thought about having kids? If we thought about having kids, like we actually plan ourselves around this. I was thinking the other day, like me, myself, I was I was thinking like I'm gonna finish residency and then I'm gonna start thinking about kids and then if I have kids before residency or after residency if I get before how I'm gonna do like who's gonna take care of my kids and I even went through my head like okay my husband will take care of the kids <laughs> and like I was like oh my god who who I became like <laughs> and, and then I started to thinking like 
yeah, it's it's in the, it's in our minds to think like who's gonna take care of the kids when we're in residency that we have crazy hours. So I think it's go through everyone's mind, especially in Brazil that we're still a very uh, religious country that it's look always put the family first. So I think, it, yeah, similar to Ghana, I think and. And it's very harsh to think and uh, try to combine both both life. You you have like two jobs in 24 hours, and it's very hard, very hard. In Ghana, it's even a taboo to say you don't want to give birth. Like, why are you a woman and you do not want to have kids? Like, mm-hmm. why is it that your fam- your why is that your mom had you but you don't want to have kids? It's not something that's really heard of here. Mm-hmm. So even people that have medical conditions that cannot give birth since they can't tell everyone it's still a problem because people are still looking up to you like why are you not giving birth so you dare not go and tell your parents that mommy daddy i don't want to have kids well you're going to have a lecture for a long time mm-hmm. that, that's a whole new topic <laughs> that's a whole new topic yeah well it's really interesting to hear about all of your experiences in your respective countries um and reflect as our experiences as females going into the medical field in the United States. Um, I think that there's also this duality of like, we are making large progress where it's not abnormal to see a woman be in charge. And yet the remnants and the like of sexism and kind of the expectation that the woman is not the physician, that remains very strongly. And I think it depends on what environment you train in. We are lucky to have a lot of very strong female mentors who can help us um, in our training at Michigan. And um, I think that that varies from place to place. I also want to put in a, a little note for the fact that I've worked with a lot of incredible non-female identifying physicians who are extremely mindful of the uh, experiences that females go through in training Mm -hmm. and whenever i have sexist comments from patients which happens more than i would like to admit you know um i've had male colleagues who have immediately handled it appropriately and backed us up and i i really appreciate that so um and i don't think that means that the problem's fixed I think that we definitely still see it and that females are still not often like in predominant leadership positions, although they're getting there. Um, And we definitely have the balance of um, wanting a family life versus a professional life. And I think that's something that almost everyone um, who I've talked to deeply about this who identifies as female would say has crossed their mind at some point during their medical training. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, like everything that everyone shared, I think to like some degree, I can like resonate to like a personal experience like I've had on the wards or something I felt like along the way from like having like a very um, much larger like female dominating identifying class compared to um, other genders to like, you know, being called a nurse while I'm in my white coat Mm -hmm. in our hospital, even Mm -hmm. though it's much more common to have female physicians in the states mm-hmm. um that still happens and to being you know how am I gonna have kids and be an ob and balance right. that and that conversation with my future husband who will stay home with them um but yeah so I think uh I think Serena summed it up very well but yeah does anyone else have anything that they would like to add or any fleeting thoughts before we wrap up the podcast 
Yeah, we're glad. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you for having us. Yeah, We just want to acknowledge all of you independently. So representing Ghana, we have Mwini and Anam. Representing Brazil, we have Maria. And representing Sweden, we have Delise and Luisa. And U.S., Brittany and Serena. So we really appreciate all of you guys and your opinions and your insights. Um, thank you so much. Subscribe to Ultrasounds wherever you get your podcast for more high-yield topic reviews and recent news. You can also follow us on Instagram or Twitter at OBGYN underscore delivered or find more topic review outlines and free question banks at our website, www.obgyndelivered.com. And always remember, we put in the labor so you can deliver. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ultrasounds. Would you like a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card? Fill out our feedback survey linked in the description of this podcast. Make sure to complete all the questions in order to be eligible for the raffle. Participation in this survey is voluntary and responses will be used to better ultrasounds for audience members like you. The survey takes less than five minutes to complete and we'll invite you to enter into a raffle for a $50 gift card upon your submission. OBGYN Delivered appreciates your feedback.